And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God's in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, I want to talk a little bit about faith. It is such a radical concept for a logical society. The Greeks believed that faith was foolishness. That's the connection to the gospel. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But faith is God's vehicle for us to connect to him. Why? When you get to heaven, ask him. We need to grasp that God receives people because of faith until that time. He does not receive people because they seek to keep the law. Galatians 4, 5, if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. Ooh. Next, here's the ticket. No faith, no pleasing God. Can't make it any simpler than that. Nope. It's not a one-time, one-place, one-moment, one-space faith. It is a faith that is alive. Why does it have to be alive? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And guess what? The Word of God is alive and active. So if we have Christian faith, it must be alive, active, and powerful. And finally, we cover five elements of faith from my perspective. It's not the whole list in the Scriptures, but it's a good start toward moving our faith into a more practical engagement with God. This will not solve all our problems. I repeat, this will not solve all our problems, but it will help us immensely. More importantly, it will please God. And if that's not in our hearts, then we have no faith at all. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, live during the show. We will respond. You just email david at hemustincrease.org. You don't have to email supercalifragilisticexpialidocious at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. That's all you got to do. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Don't call that number, but during the show you can text. We won't jump on you or be mean, and you should not receive an electrical shock. 214-210-8483. You can also call us at 972-445-0770. That's what you really want to do. You want to call us at 972-445-0770. That's where the fun really begins because you never know what's going to happen. And when you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. And you know what that's like? 
It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? And then you'll be... That's right, if you haven't figured it out by now, they're probably thinking, these guys are crazy. Yeah, well. Here's the bottom line. Maybe you have an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question. The show is not about a kvetch fest. People don't like that. Oh, no, I want to be able to call and complain. Complain to the Lord. Complain in private. Then apologize for complaining because complaining is sin. So just be careful. Okay? I'm just saying. Here we want you to speak in ways that can encourage and edify and strengthen the body of Christ. Because that's the command of the scripture. To strengthen and edify one another. And even more so as we see the day approaching. And we can certainly see the day is approaching. In that process, you have an opportunity to share praise reports. You have an opportunity to share prayer requests. Anything and everything. You can ask a question if you want to. If we can answer, we will. If we can't, we won't. We'll tell you that. We'll do our best to function the best we can. In the meantime, we also do Bible trivia. Here is your Bible trivia question. In Matthew 28, it's a very specific location. To whom... Did the angels tell the women to go? The angels, after the resurrection, told the women to go to somebody. To whom? That is the question. If you think you know the answer, you can text in 972-445-0770. Wait, that's wrong. You can call in. See, see, I do it all the time. That's me taking all those words back. Uh, You can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. You know, one day I'll get it right. (laughs) Wait, just not today. That's really the big key. Uh, there's a lot to tell you. Let me do this uh, to help you keep up with things. Um, the the books that I have uh, wrote or written or have been written or whatever, they are available free on our website for people that want to access them. Okay, we also have an app for them. So we've got you know we've got our Apple apps up there, not our our own one, but we have an Apple app from Stitcher and from the station, the KAA. Uh, KAAM seven seventy station. Plus, we have a few other things that are kind of all on the all together, all over the place. Plus, the books are up there. That's number one. Number two, I need you guys to be praying for my wife, as this is Mother's Day week, and she's in charge of the floral department at Tom Thumb. Ask me how it's going. <laughs> just, just ask me. All right, don't ask me how it's going. I love and support my wife, no matter what she turns into during this week. <laughs> Let me just say, so she could use some prayer, and I need you to do that for her, just to pray for her. In the next segment, we'll pray for the audience or the segment after that. Again, not just my wife, but I want to mention Chris, and I want to mention Jennifer, who keeps the station running, and Don, who owns the station. So Captain Chris, Jennifer, and Don, keep them in your prayers. Just mention them. Okay, that's they need they need as much coverage as Anybody else? All right. So that's that. Somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Chris and Waxahachie. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. 
Okay. Okay. Great question. Matthew 28, Did who, to whom did the angels tell the women to go to after the angels appeared, after the resurrection of Jesus? I believe it was Peter. And who else with him? Peter and his buddies? John, John, John and the disciples. That is correct! You are right! So here, here's what it is. In Matthew... In Matthew, uh, it, it mentions all the disciples, too, and there's another uh, gospel that talks about Peter. So it's it's all of them collectively, but Peter does get singled out. So you were 100% correct. That's why I went with the Matthew portion so that you would, it would focus on that. But that's exactly it. So he told the women, look, those guys are really not that sharp. Go tell them. <laughs> and then <laughs> and they got the gospel. Peter, I, think, I think he singled out Peter or in, in one version is because— Peter denied him three times. Exactly, exactly. And he had his heart, and boy, would that be hard to hear that he, he would be thinking, just think of, he'd be thinking, he, I denied him, but wait, he's back, wait. And that would be a, a, a relief or a release or a healing from that. It's like fantastic. So love yes, it. Yes, I agree, I agree. Great job, great phone call, really good work. Thank you. Thank you for all you do, David. God bless you today. God bless you as well. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's get into the text. We'll go maybe a minute long. You know, we've been doing this <laughs> a lot longer lately, a lot more often lately. And then I've got so much stuff. It's just like just I'm trying to keep it all in a box. But God is like, going, yeah, that box is not big enough, Dave. So anyway, here's the first thing I want to say. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Most of you know it, but I want to make sure we know it, know it. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what we do is we look at that verse and we just focus on the first part. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually smart to do. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You want to please God? Have faith. You want to do things that God really thinks are cool? Have faith. You want to be the person that stands out and just really, you know, I can do it, I can do it. Be the guy that, be the guy or the gal that's like Abraham that said, okay, I'll believe you. It's like, it's not even, you don't have to make a big ceremony about it. You don't have to light off rockets. You don't have to, you know, do any, just believe him. That would make him happy. It's like, okay, I believe him. That's it. The rest of the verse doesn't get a lot of uh, exposition on it. I'm not sure why. I think it's rather fascinating, the rest of the verse. It says this, because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists. If you haven't picked up on it, that's kind of a funny statement on purpose. And what it's what the scripture is saying is anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Words, you have to actually believe he's there in order to come to him. I mean, that's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I think everybody's on board with, okay, I got that. Right. In other words, it's impossible to please God without faith. And if you come to God, you got to believe he's there. Okay, I got that. But it's the next verse that gets missed. You got to believe that he exists, that he's real, not that he existed, past tense, that he exists, perfect present tense, which means he continually exists, never ceases to exist, never started existing, has always existed. Yeah, that's beyond the interlinear, inter so it's beyond the linear mind. But it also says he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In other words, knowing that God is there is a prerequisite 
to coming to God. You got to believe that he exists, perfect present tense, and then recognize that he rewards. We what? He rewards those that earnestly seek him, which is different than going, yeah, I'll throw a prayer up, see what happens. I don't really care. That's not earnestly seeking God. Earnestly seeking is earnestly seeking. The same thing when if you dropped a coin that was worth $10,000 in your house, you would earnestly seek for the coin. That's how you seek God. That same attitude, I will rip up the floors. I will tear apart the furniture and rip it to shreds. You know what I'm saying? It's like that, that thing. And so without faith, it's impossible to please. You can't please him. You know, please God, have faith. And then not only are you going to have faith, you're going to believe he exists, current tense, but you're also going to recognize he rewards that pursuit and that faith because he loves to see it because it makes him happy. You think, what do you mean it makes him happy? Well, he, he, he likes it. It pleases him. So whatever that is for God, it works. <laughs> Just do it that way. Okay? Have faith. Please God. Be rewarded because you're seeking him. Okay. I will take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there... You can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? These are church signs. Now, some of these are okay, but some of these are funny. So, uh, and, and we let uh, Terrific T be the ultimate uh, decision maker. Here it is. There's uh, 10 signs. We'll do them real fast. The first one, free trip. This on a church. Free trip to heaven. Details inside. Okay. Not bad, right? Not bad. All right, here's the next one. Try our Sundays. They're better than Baskin Robbins. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, This is funny because you got to hear it as I do it. Searching for a new look? Have your faith lifted here. (laughs) Instead of face lifted? Come on. All right. Uh, Add for a church uh, with a picture of somebody holding two stone tablets where the Ten Commandments are, and it says, for fast, fast, fast relief, take two tablets. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, the restaurant next to the church put out a big sign says, open Sundays. Uh, that's not a good one. Just skip that one altogether. Uh, having, okay. Having trouble sleeping? We have sermons. Come on in and hear. <laughs> uh, come in and pray today. Beat the Christmas rush. Always <laughs> going Christmas. <laughs> All right. Uh, this was on a sign in front of a church. Sign broken. Message inside this Sunday. <laughs> so they're saying the sign is broken. All right. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, come work for the Lord. The work is hard. The hours are long and the pay is low, but the retirement benefits are out of this world. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, finally, if you're headed in the wrong direction, God allows U-turns. U-turns. Not bad. Right? That's all right. right? It's pretty good. A little funnier than the clown ones. Yeah. (laughs) A little funnier than clown ones. I have to think that Try Our Sundays are better than Baskin Robbins. That's a good one. (laughs) Okay. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to do this just a little different, just a little different in this intro. Before I do the trivia question, we're going to pray for the audience. And then I'm also going to tell you something you got to pray about. There is a potential. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. This is what May. What is this? May four. Oh, it's May fourth. So we got Star Star Wars Day, right? Okay. Uh, anyway, June, July, August, September. In the next four months, there could be some changes in the show. Mm. So I want you to pray about that. That the Lord will give us plenty of wisdom because I ain't that smart. So <laughs> I'm just telling you. Uh, but we have no changes in the show until Dave's done with the uh, ding, ding, ding the school stuff. So it could be some changes. In the meantime, I want to pray for the audience. Let's do that real fast as well. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up the audience to you. I love these people. Lord, they're great people. I thank you for them. They're they're such great diversity. So many different backgrounds. So many different ways that these people have come to you. But these are my brothers and sisters. And I just, I just ask for your favor in their lives, your blessing, physically, spiritually, financially, that you could bring blessings into their lives. They're great people. I'm honored to be their relative. I'm blessed that you've made all of us connected through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm just asking you to bless my, my family. They're yours before they're mine. But they're great people, great, great brothers and sisters. I love on them, and I just pray you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I just wanted to pray that and get that rolling and then also drop that thing in your ear about possible show changes because I'm not a complete idiot, only a partial idiot. We will, uh, at this point, play the horn. The horn. All right, true or false, when he was arrested, Jesus told his followers that if necessary, he could call upon more than 10 legions of angels to help him. Okay, true or false. True or false, when he was arrested, Jesus told his followers that if necessary, he could call upon more than 10 legions of angels to help him. If you think you know the answer, okay, remember we played the horn. That's all I'm going to say, we played the horn. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. We will, in fact, take the call right away because I have just the best joke. It's so funny. It's like a top fiver. Is that what the changes coming to the show are? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, eventually. I ran out of jokes eventually, although I just bought a new uh, joke book with 1,200 in them. All right, are we ready to answer the question? Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
This is Don. Hi. Again. Don again? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I am doing fine. Now, listen, I played the horn before this question. So whenever I play the horn, that means look out. <laughs> That's what it means. Look out. True or false, when he was arrested, Jesus told his followers that if necessary, he could call upon more than 10 legions of angels to help him. Is that true or false? Well, it is kind of true, but that's not exactly 10. That's correct, so it would be... Is that what the is that what the trick was? Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's Praise it. You caught it because it's twelve, 12. legions of angels, yeah. not ten. So that was that's the tricky right. part. That's right. But when you said ten or more, you know, I didn't even catch that until you just said it. <laughs> that's right. You got to think about it. it's like, no, nah, yeah, he's supposed to be able to call on all these legions of angels. Yeah, wait, but it's not ten; it's twelve. And he could have said twelve billion, but that that doesn't matter. Regardless, if he said twelve. I think he made the point oh. very strong. <laughs> and a legion is a lot. Yes, Woo. exactly. Excellent job. Great pickup right, on that one thing. Good job. God bless Bye-bye. you. Bye bye. All right. Excellent job. All right. Now you're gonna get in trouble because this joke is lights out. Fantastic. You ready? You got I got your- the buzzer ready. Uh, I don't think you'll need it. We'll see. And by the way, it's not theologically correct, so everybody's looking for theologically correct jokes. Go listen to MSNBC. Everything they say is a joke. After a long illness, a woman died and arrived at the gates of heaven. While she was waiting for St. Peter to greet her, she peeked through the gates. She saw a beautiful banquet table. Sitting all around were her parents and other people she had loved and who had died before her. Then... They saw her and began greeting her. Hello, how are you? We've been waiting for you. Good to see you. When St. Peter came by, the woman said to him, such a wonderful place. How do I get in? You have to spell a word, St. Peter told her. Which word, the woman said? Love. The woman correctly spelled love, and St. Peter welcomed her into heaven. About two years later, St. Peter came to the woman and asked her to watch the gates of heaven for him that day, because he was busy. And uh, while the woman was guarding the gates of heaven, her husband arrived. I'm surprised to see you, the woman said. How have you been? Oh, I've been doing pretty well since you died, her husband told her. I married this beautiful young nurse who took care of me while you were ill, and then I won the lottery. I sold the little house you and I lived in and bought a big mansion. My wife and I traveled around the world. We were on vacation, and I went water skiing today. I fell. The ski hit my head, and here I am. So how do I get in? You have to spell a word, the woman said. Which word, her husband asked. Czechoslovakia. If you're not laughing, I have nothing for you. <laughs> Czechoslovakia. Come on. Czechoslovakia. Okay. That's the fun we have, right? Czechoslovakia. Okay. All right. We'll go a little long <laughs> because that's just, I could not pass up that joke. Sorry. All right. So uh, I want to talk to you about faith. I want to talk to you about things. And I got to be really careful. 
Okay, as you know, I share my testimony with some people. So we have, and our that listen to our show, we have Baptists, Pentecostals, we have Church of Christ, we have Church of Nazarene, we have uh, Lutherans, we have Methodists, we have Presbyterians. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a, a boatload, so don't you know? Just, I'm just saying we have all of these different denominations. You know, four square charismatic, everything in everything. We actually have a crowd that just it's all over. Okay, and that's fine because on this show we do a lot of. Uh, it's not generic, and it's not even middle of the road. It's just relationship-oriented theology. It's practical. How do you use it? How do you do it? What are you going to do? I hope you take it back with you and use it in your personal life, and it blesses other people. That's all I can do. The whole goal is to get everybody one step closer. But some things that I go through, you're never going to go through, and some things you go through, I'll never go through. That's that's how that the process is. There's nothing wrong with that. And everybody's trial for their own lives is as deep as it can be. In other words, I don't think God tries one person kind of lightly. And then this other person, oh, they get just nothing but heavy stuff. I think everybody gets what God believes they need to have during that trial. So just understand that. So it's having said that, that's my way of building up, okay, building up what I'm going to share in the next segment. <laughs> see, see, see how I did that? So I want you to be aware of that, okay? And part of what I'm about to talk about falls right into this. Let me just read this passage, and you will understand what it is that I'm, I'm trying to communicate. This is a big part of things. Uh, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. <laughs> Jesus. He's so funny. He's like, uh, I'm not sending away. You take care of it. <laughs> like, what? We only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me. As he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, gave thanks, and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces uh, that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The We're talking about faith. And the expectation of the disciples was stuck in the natural. And I just, I cannot say that any clearer. It's not that it's bizarre, because it's not. I don't think it is. It's not bizarre at all. They were like, okay, there's like thousands of people, and we have no food, and we got this, you know, this, this little little bit. I mean, we got five loaves of bread and two fish, Right? And, and I understand there's a bunch of preachers, oh, that's just a kid's lunch. Well, that must be the biggest kid in the world. That's a lot, okay? But it's not a lot for 5,000. And so they're like, well, go tell them to leave because <laughs> we can't handle the situation. Uh, probably, you know, not that far off than what we would do. <laughs> <laughs> say something similar. There's a village in down the road. You know, it's that kind of thing, right? And Jesus goes, you feed them. And guess what they anticipated? Nothing. They expected nothing because they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out how to move from what they had, as little as it was, to an expectancy of this being fulfillment. They did not have the mindset of expectancy. They did not have the confidence that if they took what they had and give thanks for it, that God can multiply it. And that's the problem because we have a faith and our faith can be operational and it can get us through a day-to-day -day situation. But there are times where we need a miracle. 
And the only answer we can come up with for the miracle is uh, go buy your own food. Because we don't know what else to do, what else to say, what else to think. This is a lesson from Jesus teaching people, number one, to sit down. Stop stressing out. And number two, take what you have, give thanks for it, and give it away. Instead of, oh, give thanks for it, but we're just going to eat by ourselves at our own little picnic table. (laughs) Then it wouldn't have been a miracle. There was no place for the miracle. You get what I'm saying? So why I'm bringing that up is because the expectancy that we operate with on a regular basis, on a functional day-by-day basis, is, is one part of our faith. But there has to be this understanding that God is a miracle-working God that can change the situation a hundredfold in the twinkle of an eye. When the rapture takes place, in whatever format it takes place, whether it happens pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or no-trib, and it's uh, an amyladeus approach, no matter how it is, at that moment that it happens, it will be exceedingly miraculous that people will be lifted up to the Lord. Right? Well, that's the God we serve. That's who he is. And in a moment can come a miracle, and from that miracle can come the change of all life. In that moment that they were encountering with Jesus, they could only see in the natural. But the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. When I get back, let's take a little extra time to tell you something that happened to me. You don't have to love the theology, but you got to listen to the story because it's what happened. Okay? All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. Running and running and running. What is the David Spoon Experience? All right. Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3. This was the first. A psalm that was read to me when I went to Bible college, the very first class I ever took in Bible college, a bazillion years ago. Let me just say that. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their suffering. Here is something to consider that will be just absolutely a mind blower. How should you and I respond if the earth falls out of its rotation? <laughs> okay, so so my uh, brother-in-law works for JPL and is actually one of the people that helped write the program that helped land the Mars rover on Mars. He helped write the computer programming, okay? He's much smarter than me in those realms, Okay, about my age, a little younger, about my age. Very, very intelligent guy, right? And uh, he's the one I always make a joke, you know, what 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 keeps the earth, you know, rotating. And so you'll hear me say uh, that it's on a perfect 23 and a half degree, uh, you know, a rotation uh, from the moon and from the, the exact rotation from the sun, or it's three mice chasing a piece of cheese in a wheel. <laughs> One of those two. So uh, the idea behind that and that whole story is the earth is in this absolutely perfect rotation with, uh, with uh, the moon and the sun, and without it, 
the earth would go through a free fall. Just even a half a degree off, it's over. It's all over. I mean, the, 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 there would be instant tidal waves. Everything would just be upside down. And if that ever happened, you know, you would know that's the end, although that's not how the end's going to happen. We already know from Scripture. But here's what the, the psalmist is saying. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. It doesn't matter if your world seems like it's upside down. It doesn't matter if it's out of rotation. It doesn't matter if there, the mountains fall into the sea. It doesn't, doesn't matter if the waters roar. God is a refuge, and a refuge is a shelter in a storm. You would first think of a lean-to. That is what a, a shelter in a storm is. So when it's raining, you find a lean-to, you put something on a tree, you put it uh, you know, against something else, and you get under it so you're away from that. And it says that God is a refuge, a strength, an ever-present help, which means he's helpful today, not just when it's all settled in eternity. And there's that lies a problem for some Christians is they keep thinking, well, in the sweet by and by, everything will get worked out. Well, that is true, that everything will be completely worked out in the sweet by and by. But God is an ever-present help, which means for today and not just for tomorrow. And then the position of the psalmist is, therefore, 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 in other words, it's a conclusion. So God is our refuge and strength, okay? So he's our lean-to in a storm. He's our ever-present help. Therefore, I don't have to be afraid. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. And as with every... Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where, again, we're going to probably do something a wee bit different. We might not take a break, depending on how this goes and how I'm able to share it. I might not be taking a break uh, between now and the end of the show. So just be aware of that. Just could happen. In <gasps> I'm sorry. I can't believe you didn't do the clapping or something. Or like, oh, no, no, take a break. There you go. All right. In Matthew 25, what does Jesus – you see what I said? Matthew 25, everybody. See that Matthew – Matthew, okay, so down colors, we've got, uh, and then we've had other colors today. We want to hear from you who we haven't heard from me before. Call us. I'll get you there. I won't bite that I know of. In Matthew 25, what does Jesus say is prepared for the devil and all his angels? Mm, it does not sound fun, does it? Uh, in Matthew 25, what does Jesus say is prepared for the devil and all his angels? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. And then additionally, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I also want to send you to the website. There's so many things I can tell you about the website, but here's what I would tell you about the website. Go there. <laughs> this is watch this. Go to the website, please. It's just easier if you do that, and it's a great place to give, so go there. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. Definitely ping pong balls. 
Oh, for sure. Okay, no question. All right. Uh, let's do a quick prayer for Luis and his wife, Rosie. They're uh, having their anniversary today, so I just want to do a shout-out for them. Uh, if that's okay, they're a, they're a listener, so uh, Luis is a listener of ours. I never, I'm not sure if it's Luis, Luis, or Luis. I mean, I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know how to pronounce names. You ever see me read the names in the Bible? Sometimes I'm reading the script. I skip over the names. And I just want to sit, insert, go, Larry, Mo, Curly. You guys would Anyway, let's pray for them. Father, we just ask for a blessed wedding anniversary day for Rosie and Louis. We just pray that you would bless them, encourage them, fill up their hearts full of love for each other. Let them operate in the great ministry of forgiveness that whatever they've done, okay, that's that. Moving on. As you have forgiven us, let them forgive one another, bless one another, encourage one another, and be the refreshment to one another that, Lord God, you have designed them to be. Let them be a blessing to each other, not just today, but let today have a great spark in it. We pray for their wellness, their goodness, and their blessedness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, our trivia question is, in Matthew 25, what does Jesus say is prepared for the devil and his angels? I think you guys can figure out. It's probably not a positive uh, spin on that one right there. Uh, again, you can call 972-445-0770. Somebody doing that right now. 214-210-8483. As well, david at he must increase.org. We will delay our history uh, because we want to give the person a chance to answer the trivia question, and then we will uh, do the history and then the teaching, which could could go long, could go long. We don't know. Go long, go long. Pass that thing, pass that. Okay, here we go. Ready? This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary, how are you? All right, how are you doing? I just got back from a doctor's appointment. So Was it, was it okay? Was it fair? Was it partly cloudy? Well, it's partly cloudy. I'll okay. have to go back. Okay. He's going back next Wednesday for a ultrasound, so we'll have to see so how you're doing. All right. Well, I go to my doctor tomorrow, so you oh. and I need to be praying for one another. Because I'll I pray have... for you. I will. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I'll be praying for you, too. So let's just okay. keep each other covered, brother. That's the way to okay. go about it. In Matthew okay. 25, what does Jesus say is prepared for the devil and his angels. Everlasting fire. That is correct, sir! You are 1,000% correct. If somebody had said something like hell or the pit or something, they were. It's the, it's the right premise, although it's defined a little different right there in the Matthew 25. It's like the hell was not created for people, but if people rebel, it enlarges, and that's right. the big difference. Good job, Gary. Great work. Well, thank you. All right. God bless. I'll keep you in prayer. You pray for me. Okay? I will do that. All right. God bless Goodbye. you. Bye-bye. All right, folks. That means you got to pray for not just me for tomorrow and my knee. <laughs> I won't even tell you my comments on that one. But pray for Gary as well. He's a good brother, and we love him in the Lord. All right. Uh, let's do history, and then we'll get into the teach. Let's go. All right, today's Firefighters Day should be appreciated, always should be appreciated. Let's not forget that. It is also National Teacher Appreciation Day, so that's important. There's a lot of excellent I had a lot of excellent teachers. I had some that were, eh, but I had a lot of excellent ones who really, really cared. And then you cannot miss that May 
four is Star Wars Day because the force is supposed to be with you. So may the force be with you. So may the fourth. See, it's a play on words. And so some stations play Star Wars 15 or 20 thousand times in a row if you know i had a very a very dear friends rob and cindy we've talked about them before they did not uh, now now rob's a little older than me not a lot but like 64-ish range he did not see star wars until about five years ago but you have did to he like th- it he liked the lakers when kobe bryant was on there <laughs> well bless his heart yeah that's what i would say <laughs> Uh, we would just sit there and go, you never seen it? you never seen it? Then we'd never even bother saying, did you ever see Star Trek? Because there's just no point. That, you know, that's all. Uh, 1959, on this day, the first Grammy Awards are announced. So <laughs> it's like a narcissistic kind of group. Let's all acknowledge each other that we're really great. Okay. And then uh, 1924, Summer Olympics gold medal winner, uh, Johnny Weissmuller, who went on to be Tarzan. Wow, see, that people don't realize that. And then uh, 1904, construction began by the United States on the Panama Canal. Okay, all right, done, done, done. Okay. I hope you guys are not going to freak out because if you are, there's nothing I can do for you. Okay? All right. All right. So we've talked about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Or verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God, for anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay. Then we stepped it up a, a notch, and we talked about the disciples and Jesus and the, the, the story about the fish. It's not, a, it's not a fake story. It's a real story. It's in, it's, in fact, the only miracle that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John outside of the resurrection material. The feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle in all four Gospels, which is like, wow. It's just kind of weird, right? But it's so important for us to understand that God can take what we have, uh, if we have the right attitude and the higher level of expectation, and make it something completely different. Now I'm going to go a different direction. If your theology does not permit for it, I absolve you from having to worry about it. Okay? In other words, don't stress, man. That's, that's not what the purpose of me telling you this is about, but I want to tell you how far out it got for me, and just relate it that it taught me that even my own radical faith at times was not as radical as one would suspect. Galatians chapter 3, verse 5 says this So then again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by you believing what you heard? The premise of Galatians in the entire book, the entire, uh, it's, it's called the Magna Carta of the Church by, by uh, you know, later commentators. And the, per- the reason for that is because the premise of the book is that salvation is by the cross alone, and it's by believing alone, and that connection alone, and not by what we do. It's the forerunner. It's not, a, it's not an anti-James proposition James in saying that faith without works is dead is simply saying that if your faith is real, it'll show. If it's, if it's not real, there'll be nothing. You can't have faith that has nothing. It just doesn't work, right? 
That's fine. That's the other side of the coin. That's totally fair. But that faith is what puts you in that position. Abraham's faith, he didn't receive the promise. He didn't have anything take place for years afterward, but he believed God, and that's what was counted for righteousness even before the act of circumcision. So let's just understand that. The forerunner to it all is faith. So when I was in Phoenix, Arizona— at the really bad church, which we rarely talk about because I don't want you guys to have a bad taste about church, even though I've had many bad tastes of church. And if you have had a bad taste of church, you still got to go back because not all the churches are bad. Okay? Many excellent churches that do a lot of great things. But when uh, that pastor had went out of town, I was in charge of running the services. No big deal. I preached many times. I thought, yeah, big deal, right? So I'm up there. I'm preaching. The church only sat about 70. This has only happened two times in my life, so two times in 43 years. Tends to stick out as those little things happen. So I'm preaching this message, and I'm preaching about— you know, God being good to people, and, and he, you know, he heals when he decides to heal, and he, he, he doesn't heal when he decides not to heal. You don't tell God what to do or what not to do. You ask, and people that are so arrogant that they think they can command God, is, is, it's just theology that's foolish. You don't pay attention to them, and don't, don't go to their church or listen to them. Or just, they're just dumb. Just forget that, okay? It's like, you know, all right. So I'm teaching, and I'm teaching, and while I'm teaching and winding up, the Lord speaks to me. Now, I know people, when the Lord speaks, you're supposed to, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not what happened. It was more like, you're not done. And I'm like, uh-oh, what was that? I'm not done? What does that mean? And the Lord instructed me, yes, I'm using the phrase, instructed me to pray for people. Well, guess what I had never done before in a church service? It's not that I didn't pray for people, but not while this message was winding down. We would pray at the end just like everybody else. Or we'd pray at the beginning. Or when the church had the get-together and pray time, we would pray then. This was like three-quarters of the way through the sermon. Everything was like changing, and the direction was changing. And I just said, all right, well, as best as I can understand what God's trying to tell me, I need to pray for some people, and uh, I don't know what else to tell you to do. And I actually didn't know what to tell people to do, right? And so I just said, why don't you just come up here if you need prayer? Seemed logical to me. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Now, the church wasn't full. There was only probably about 45 people. But 10 people came up. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of response. And so I go to the first person. I say, you know, what's going on? And, uh, oh, well, can you pray for this? I'm like, sure. And so I prayed. And I just really had this sense. And like I said, this only happened two times in my in my Christian journey that the Lord was going to you know, really touch people. So my faith confidence was like, it was like increasing per person. So I'd pray for somebody and they'd be like, okay, that was the right thing. And then I get to the next person. What's going on with you, right? Now listen to this. When I get to the fourth person, the Lord speaks to me. Now I'm not talking about in general terms, or anything like that. And I know most of you people are just going to lose it when I tell you this, okay? 
I go to pray for this girl, just about to ask her what's going on, and the Lord speaks to me. She has an infection in her vagina. That's what he said. I can't help it. It's not, not, I didn't. I didn't. I said, what's going on? She has an infection. He goes, I have an infection in my private spot. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. See, what the uh-oh was was that God had already told me. And now I was going to pray for her. And I knew that God was going to heal her. There was not even, there was not, there wasn't even an ounce or a centimeter of doubt. It was full on faith at that moment. I prayed for her. She started bawling. I mean, it was just the weirdest thing. I didn't even know what to do. People were not falling out like you see at some of those. You know how people fall out? None of that was happening. But she was bawling, right? Okay. Just as a post report, the next day she went to her doctor, 100% healed. Nothing in her. The doctor said, what happened? Just to let you know, the person next to her had something going on with another disease, had a chance to pray for them. They were 100% healed, found out two days later. Why I'm telling you this is because that level of faith that I operated in is not my normal level of faith. It's not where I function. It's not where I exist. I don't understand it. I'm not proclaiming it. I'm not saying I'm a healer. Stop all that stuff. No, 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 no. But when God wanted to do it, and and by the way, I was so embarrassed by what the Lord said in the context of I don't like you know saying stuff like that. I was like you know stunned. Would be a fa- be fair to say it. But the Lord had touched it, and every person up there had their prayer answered, and it had nothing to do with me. Zero. In fact, I think God could have used and probably should have used a donkey because that had been just as fine. That part's fine. But for that brief, very, very short period, that one night for 30 minutes, it was as though God was like, bam, 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 bam. I've never had that happen that way since. I've had a few things similar to that, but not to that level. The first time it happened, I was aware how low my faith was. That was my lesson. My faith to believe that God could heal uh, is higher than most Christians. Because I have seen him, uh, we had a case, uh, uh, an actual case where somebody had leukemia and the Lord healed them. So you don't have to tell me. I, it's documented. There's nothing. People can't go, oh, it's not documented. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, we were just one of three churches. But at that situation, in that one meeting, I just I was so aware of how much more powerful God is than I ever thought he was. Is kind of a nice way to put it. Put it. And then I also recognized that my faith was really on a one to ten, was really like a two. <laughs> And, and to get to the mustard seed somewhere about a seven or an eight kind of thing. And it's just like, wow, how bizarre is that, right? And so I spent, you you think well, after you go through an experience like that, you'd always believe or always get responses. First of all, no, that didn't happen. Second, I spent probably the next year analyzing that in my Christian walk, not doubting or wondering. It happened. There was no, you couldn't pull back from it. It's just like, wow, why can't I believe that way all the time? And most of that's because 
my own impurities or I don't stay in a sustained relationship or whatever, whatever it is. Number two, I think if you were in that all the time nowadays, you'd be so arrogant you think you should drive around in an airplane. <laughs> and then number three, okay, did I say that out loud? I guess I did say that part out loud. And then number three uh, is it, it was like it was like a visitation. Like the Lord just showed up. Not that he's not there all the time but, because his universal presence is everywhere. But this one moment, this one thing, <laughs> this one street, uh, it was the manifested presence of God. And they all got touched. And I think as, the, as part of the conduit that was going through that process, most of it was just really quite shocking. I mean, that's how I would say it. I, I understand some ministries do this m- much more diligently, although I question, you know, all the—I question whether people need to have, you know, rainbows behind them and lights and all that. Okay, nobody needs that stuff. But I did get to taste—get to taste it. It's an amazing taste. It's just way amazing. And I think if I had that active in my life all the time, I'd be so arrogant. I'd just be so, so arrogant. And it, But it was awesome. And why I bring that up in this chair is because our faith can go so much higher than we think it can. It can go to the levels where God shows up, and I know people are like, well, it can't be like this. You can't change, you know, the the laws of physics. (laughs) That's exactly what God does. When God raises the dead, he has changed the laws of physics. Well, I don't care, Dave. There are the laws of physics by man. I don't care. Here's what I care about. When God shows up, it's just wild. And at that level, it was really wild. And and I'm just not the guy that can do that all the time or the gal that can do that all the time. I'm sure there's people that have a much better response. All I, all I can tell you is the reason that I believe and have believed for 43 years that God heals is because he did right in front of me. And I knew it even before it was pronounced. And it was just like. There's just something about the the word of knowledge or just know you just like nah that's it, they're healed that's it it's almost like nope that doesn't matter okay it's over and I share and I've never shared that before by the way ever not this way and what I want you to do with it is process it it's just like anybody else I don't want you to use it as a theological call unless God calls you to do that or something that's I'd be surprised but. I want you to recognize your faith can go higher. It can go from where we function now, even on this radio show, to this other place. If the Lord wants to bring it there, he's going to have to take you there. You don't get it yourself. You don't just go, oh, I'll just have as much faith as I decide. That's arrogance, okay? But it is available. Simply, it is accessed by faith. And that you go back to that very same passage Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for those who come to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who diligently seek him. And you and I do not determine what those, all those rewards are. They can be something as simple as an answered prayer that is important for the moment. It could be something as dramatic as feeding 5,000 people or 5,000 men besides women and children with five loaves and two fish. Or it can be having somebody get healed right in front of your face. 
it does do a lot to make you think, I don't care what anybody says for the rest of my life, I know what God can do. It does, it does do that. It's, it is, it's a little bit of an arrogance, I guess, that comes from that. I guess. I don't know how else to share it, but I just believe God can. I don't always know that he will. I know some people are like, well, if you just always believed he will, then you'd always do it. It's like, no, nah, I don't see that. I see Jesus doing that because he had the perfect walk. I see the disciples doing it kind of. I just don't see me doing it. And I'm just telling you that because your faith, as wonderful as it is, it can go to a whole nother place that will stun you but bless you, right? Have a higher level of expectation. Recognize that that faith is critical. It is exactly the vehicle God has chosen for you to please him. And it can move mountains. Isn't that wild? It's just wild. It's just like crazy stuff. I don't know where this came from other than I had one little note. <laughs> oh, well. Use it. Ask the Lord to increase your faith. That's what the disciples wanted, by the way. Lord, increase our faith. All right? That's what you should be praying. That's perfect, right? That's a perfect way to end it. Ask the Lord to help you increase your faith. Okay? All right. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-hour and 27-minute break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.